Okay, Google, play the Sideline Hustle podcast. Sure, the Sideline Hustle football podcast. Here's where you left off. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Drew Lieberman. I'm slow packing. <laughs> Our days here numbered. Even the way we've come up in the world, think about it. We've created the website ourselves. We've made this podcast ourselves. Like everything's been done just by us hustling. And you are now listening to the Sideline Hustle Podcast. We talk about doing this show. Yeah, we, we laugh and we joke and we complain about how hard we work. But if we didn't love to coach, we wouldn't be doing it. I want the good guys in. Get them out of there. I want the good guys in. To me, I think we're broadcasting the day-to-day life of what college football is. From the sidelines, we gotta hustle cause we gotta eat. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach. What up, this is Coach Liebs and this is episode 20 of Coach Talk. Uh, Game day, we're playing St. Peter's Prep tonight at home at 7pm. Penn State's gonna be in the building from what I've heard. James Franklin's coming to the game cause there's two kids, our running back and our kicker are uh, Big Ten level prospects. And I think there's two or three kids on St. Peter's that, that Penn State's recruiting as well. So it's funny, it's, I've never really been a part of a, you know, it's my first high school game where I guess we've had a, you know, a D1 coach making it known that he's gonna be in attendance. And it's funny to see how all the kids react and how there's like an extra excitement to them that, you know, if they, I think, I think in their mind, this is their opportunity where they, had, they, all, they all dream of playing Big Ten or D1A football. So I think in the back of all their minds, they're like, all right, this is a game where if I really show out and put on such an unbelievable performance that I dream of every night, then this, you know, Penn State's going to offer me in this game or there's a chance. And it's just funny to see the the added excitement uh, for, for everybody knowing that there'll be a major college football program here. Um, but, but I feel good, really good about the week. It's been the message to the guys was about fighting through adversity. And it's something we've had to do all week. Uh, we had some staff changes during the week. Uh, that that the kids you know obviously were made aware of and and they've responded brilliantly to that and they if anything it just bonded us closer together and allowed us to to become closer and and really fight harder for each other um and then we also had you know a lot of injuries in the wide receiver position we had you know a kid bang his knee up another kid had a freak injury where he split his hand open in the middle of the week both guys should be fine but we've had guys take different reps we have a plan uh, in place to play without them and a lot of guys got to be ready to step up and I think it's uh, it's been a cool test of our maturity and our togetherness to watch the way everyone responded and everyone had each other's back the way that some of the kids uh, that were injured for a couple days this week were picking everybody up during practice and coaching guys and making sure everyone was on the same page so that if they're not at 100% that next guy is ready to take their place and make plays in that role and then it was cool to see uh, the way that a lot of these younger guys who had to step up and I had to ask them to fill bigger roles this week just to watch the way they responded and the way they made plays and carried themselves. And it, it's cool. I think we're ready to go. I think it, I think I'm, I'm happy about the way we've handled these depth issues. And, and I think from a focus and, and determination standpoint that the kids really want to win this game, you know, as they should. But I think that their mind is in a good place. They've put in the work. Uh, you know, as a coach, whenever you can go into a game feeling good about the work you put in during the week, like you, you've done what you can. You know, our work is done now at this point. Got to make a few in-game adjustments, do what we can to bring energy on the sideline, keep these guys motivated. But we, I really feel like we've done all we can as a program to put ourselves in a position to win this game. Uh, and, you know, that's all you can ask. So I'm, I'm excited to let it rip at 7 p.m. tonight under the lights. We're at home. It's going to be a huge crowd. 
Uh, should be should be a really really fun night for for Don Bosco football. Uh, the coach talk topic I wanted to get to. I've had more DMs than ever really this week of people asking me about my background, whether I'm a coach, how I started the sideline hustle, uh, you know, just different things like that. And I, I think that I'm just gonna take this time to address that quickly um, and just give you my coaching journey. Uh, briefly kind of leading to this point and, and we'll see how much time we got at the end because it's only a, a 10 minute episode but uh, basically I got my start in coaching as a junior at Wesleyan uh, I was the backup quarterback I was playing special teams I blew my shoulder out my throwing shoulder uh, so while I was rehabbing my junior year I started you know running the scout team and then you know halfway through the year the coaches put me in charge of developing the young quarterbacks we had three uh, freshman quarterbacks then so I started coaching them, ended up doing a really good job with them. Going into my senior year, we're still in rebuilding mode. And uh, essentially the head coach had a conversation with me. He was like, listen, w- whether you win the job or not, we're going to go with one of the younger guys because they're the future of the program. This is my senior year. They're like, well, why don't you coach and we'll make you the quarterback coach? So as a senior in college, uh, I was I-, I said yes. And as a senior in college, I was the full-time quarterbacks coach uh, for Wesleyan, for, for the team I, I had just played on just before. I'll never forget the day when I went from in pads on like a Wednesday, and then that next Thursday I came out in shorts and a t-shirt and, and a whistle and was coaching that next day after having you know a really honest conversation with the head coach. And that was an unbelievable experience for me because it, it taught me how to coach at a young age. It taught me how to handle myself, more importantly, in, in the business. I learned that I needed to write handwritten letters to, to coaches often because that meant a lot. I, I traveled and coached at a bunch of different camps. There was a month stretch in the summer before where I slept in my car for, for a full month coaching every Division One camp I could on the East Coast just to make connections and network. And I would volunteer at these camps from Duke, North Carolina, East Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, all the way to Boston College and every D1 school in between. I literally volunteered at like every camp and they're all staggered during the summer on different days. And that was kind of how I, I really made my name for myself uh, as, as, was, as a 20-year-old kid uh, going into my senior year of college. And that's really where I made a name for myself and committed to the coaching profession and just made a ton of great connections that ended up helping me down the road. Um, then after I graduated college, I was hired at Albany as a uh, as the video coordinator and offensive GA. Uh, I was paid six grand for the year. So I lived in, uh, they had just built a brand new stadium uh, uh, named Bob Ford Field under the legendary head coach Bob Ford who hired me. They had just built a stadium in his name. So I lived in the press box of the old stadium because he only paid me six grand for the year. My paychecks were like $125 every two weeks or something crazy like that. Uh, so Coach Ford was, you know, he gave me a key on my first day. I was like, don't let anybody find out about this. And I lived in the press box for like eight months, had a blow up mattress and there was heat up there and cable. It was actually, it's actually a nice little setup until until they found me about eight months later. Um, but I worked there for a season, my first year out of college. I was uh, the assistant receivers coach or receivers GA, video coordinator there at Albany. Uh, and then I was hired at Rutgers uh, as a player development coach, which is like quality control, a uh, young off the field role at Rutgers. Uh, that's when I got to work. That first year, 2014, was when we went eight and five, uh, beat UNC in the Quick Lane Bowl. And I was able to work for Ralph Regan. That was the one year I worked for Ralph Regan. And I was essentially assigned to him. I was his PD. I was his, his right-hand man as far as helping him run quarterback meetings, helping him, you know, with any of the administrative work as far as, like, drawing up plays for the players, creating a scouting report, creating a game plan. And he gave me more and more responsibility every week. We ended up – he was really hard on me, and he – and he'll be – he'll tell you that he wasn't hard on me, and he was a lot harder when he was when he was older. But, you know, he was very demanding of me, challenged me all the time, but made sure I was learning the game of football as well because I was only 24 years old and I didn't know much. Um, but I worked my butt off for him and did everything I, I, I could for him and – 
And we ended up forging a great relationship, obviously, because he's heavily involved in the sideline hustle now. Um, he retired 2015. Ben McDaniels, the wide receivers coach, was promoted to offensive coordinator. Along with that, I was promoted to his right-hand man and was promoted to GA. Uh, so I was the assistant quarterback receivers coach and was a graduate assistant when I was 24, 25 years old. Um, and then, then I was treated like a full-time coach. I was able to coach on the field. I was the eyes and ears. Ben, ben called the game from the field. So I was up in the booth and I was his eyes and ears on game day, uh, which was a frightening experience. So I was in charge of of front coverage pressure on every single play. I had to chart it and communicate it to Ben, give him what the tendencies were, give him uh, you know down and distance tendencies, personnel tendencies, all those things. Now I was a real key part in how he called the game every week and he had a lot of trust in me and we have a great relationship to this day. Um, that was a frightening experience, but also an unbelievably valuable experience just because I learned so much so quickly and there was so much pressure on me to do a job that I didn't feel like I was necessarily ready for, but but I had to get ready for it and I had to prepare the right way and and did I never slept. For two years, I literally never slept at Rutgers. I, I slept in the facility for two years at Rutgers, uh, either on a couch in the player's lounge or under my desk or wherever. I never, the first time I owned an apartment or was renting an apartment was when I was 25, uh, when I went back to Wesleyan to get my master's degree. Um, but anyway, we got fired after my second year at Rutgers. I stayed on with Coach Ash for about four or five months. Um, knew I kind of wanted to get out of the Division One lifestyle. Wasn't loving the lifestyle and being away from my family and all that as much as I thought I was a good coach and thought I could really make it in this profession. Uh, my family was too important to me. To f I felt like I was abandoning them a little bit. Um, so I went back to Wesleyan, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, went back to get my master's degree um, in writing and then uh, I thought I was going to write a book when I got there. And obviously I was coaching receivers there. We had unbelievable success, ended up breaking every league and school record uh, my last year at Wesleyan, uh, single season record. Had, had a bunch of just unbelievable players who bought into a culture and, and loved each other. And we, we had a ton of success in the past game last year. Um, I got my master's in writing. And about a year into my time at Wesleyan, uh, I was just thinking to myself, like, what do I want to do next? I have all these connections. I have, you know, all this experience. You know, how do I how do I turn this into something valuable? And that's kind of how the sideline hustle was created. Um, and I'll get more into that in another episode. But started off with the podcast with Coach Freejan and Gary Nova and Leontic Carew and Mike Teal. Um, and then it went to Teach Tapes, really took it off and blew up. And now we're just this overarching media company trying to educate people about the game of football and and really change the way things are done and disrupt the market and, and just provide value to coaches and players. That's my number one goal is just everything I do, I want to provide value to the players and the coaches that that are watching and listening. So, you know, it's been a great journey. I, I really love the support and the fans so much, and, and I can't wait to keep changing the game. So in short, that's my story. Game day tonight. This is episode 20 of Coach Talk. Have a great weekend, guys. I'll see you next week. Peace. Brother, let me get this thing straight. Can't just be another random rapper with a mixtape. I just went and put another beat inside a pine box. I just went and took another trip way out to Biscayne. I love Miami because they always treat me so well. They used to see me nowhere. I used to pull them by saying I run for the team. Now they running their hands through my head. Yeah, they used to never want to see my town. I, I, I got them coming to the east side now. In the city where I reside now. When they move a little weight, let the D line. Now, running track or running back. Gotta keep it moving, never running back. Never. We running the game and they running laps. That's another story for another track. See, from the sidelines, we gotta hustle, cause we gotta eat. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach. Yeah. Reach. Yeah. Stay
Stop.